0: And I've seen that a lot with, I don't know, like all the social media chatter. It's like there's a program that's going to give you financial freedom. And I know 15 people that have purchased it and it hasn't worked for a single one of them. And they all kind of feel like they, you know, got duped or they feel like the promise didn't live up to what the program actually was. But then no one talks about it. Because of their ego. Right. Because all of the content Mm -hmm. and everything that you're seeing online says, well, this program absolutely works Mm -hmm. if you do it the right way. And if you didn't find success, then like that's your fault or you did something wrong, you know, or you didn't follow what you were supposed to follow. And the reality is that's actually not the
1: case. A lot of times sometimes it was a bad program. Welcome to the Women Rewriting the Rules podcast, a production by Gush Living. I'm your host, Sumi.
0: And I'm your host, Ashley. And this is where modern women gather to navigate our way through the maze of personal, financial, and emotional challenges, create confidence in our
1: independence, take control of our finances, and achieve ambitious goals, all while loving the life we're currently living. Let's start the show. Welcome back to episode three of season two of Women Rewriting the Rules. How are you today, Ashley? Doing so good. It is a
0: nice, but I feel like kind of chilly day. Um, So had a good walk on the beach this morning. Excited to be here now.
1: Beautiful. Me too. Yes. So this
0: topic, I feel like it's a really hot topic right now that lots of people are talking about. I'm excited for us to dive in and talk about things from a slightly different angle than the content listeners may be hearing when they're on social media or talking to friends.
1: Yeah. So I think both of us, you know, we were talking the other day about how it seems to be a trend um, now and like, you know, for the past few years that if you scroll TikTok or scroll Instagram, you, you get sort of bombarded by people talking about starting a side hustle and a lot of influencers and business coaches talking about how easy it is to start a side hustle and or that you should, you know, sign up for their coaching program to easily start a side hustle and start to make 10k a month <laughs> in the next that's, you know, always the minimum. in the next 30 days or something like that, right? As long as you sign up for their coaching program. Um, or you know things like that where I feel like a lot of people And once you click on something like that, then, of course, you get bombarded with more and more content like that. And so I think today we just wanted to talk um, about what it really looks like to start a side hustle and what you should really consider before deciding to go for it or before even, um, you know, investing your money in somebody's course or program um, to help you go for it. Absolutely. So I would say right now, it feels like there's a rule
0: that exists that anyone can start a side hustle doing absolutely anything, and it will be really easy for them to make large sums of money quickly without having to spend
1: really much, if any time at all, on that Mm -hmm. side hustle. Or money. Yeah. And we are today rewriting that rule. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And the rewritten rule is that women should be strategic and smart about how and why they decide to start a side hustle for extra income.
0: Absolutely. There are so many um, failed businesses, failed side hustles and dreams floating in the wind that people start and then they try it and maybe think that it should have been easier than it actually was for them and they give up. Um, And so, yeah, I'm really excited to dig into all of those things that you want to think about before you get started so that you know you're actually going down the right path and that you're not investing time or money into
1: something that's not actually going to serve you in the long run. Yeah, or your and your hopes and dreams and then to just become like deflated and crushed and lose momentum and lose enthusiasm versus starting something that may have been more aligned where you could have like had more realistic expectations and actually known what it would have taken to be successful, so then you can actually set yourself up for success. Absolutely. So there's so many
0: entrepreneurs in the planet, but I think it's always important to come back to reality, right? So it's like, what are the facts and the numbers around entrepreneurship? So I believe right now only somewhere around 2% of women-owned businesses Reach the mark of hitting seven figures, so making more than a million dollars. That's yeah. less than two percent. Less than two percent of women <laughs> who
1: start businesses, um, and then ninety percent of women never even cross the six-figure mark. So, ninety-eight percent of women never cross the seven-figure mark, and ninety percent of women never cross the six-figure mark. And that stat is honestly depressing. It's sad and it you know we should work to change it. And I think, you know, that's why we were really excited to talk about this issue because this shouldn't be the state of women business owners. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> and so, you know, listen through cuz Ashley and I are going to talk about what we consider some of the most important aspects to making the decision so you can be we can start to change that stat. And if you do decide to start a business or start a side hustle that you can be successful and we can start expanding that rate so that it starts to become more than 2% and it starts to become more than 98 or 90%. Absolutely. So let's talk about
0: what are some of the things that people might be hearing that aren't necessarily true or common misconceptions. Are there any that come to mind
1: for you? I mean, yeah, I think one of the biggest things on social media these days is a emphasis on top line revenue. Mm. So people always talk about how much money they're making in their business. Like, oh, you know, I had an 80K month or first of all, somehow it's always said in months, which (laughs) is my first red flag, by the way, because if you're an actual serious business owner, you don't talk about your income in terms of monthly revenue because what about next month? What about the following month? Like it, you know, it you can't be so short-sighted. And so that is I think a common misconception you see splashed over social media where people are like, I had a 20K month last month. Sign up to my coaching program so you too can have 20K months. And the question there is twofold. One, okay, well what happened the following month or what happened for the entire year right? But the original point I was making is that's top line revenue that has not taken into consideration what your expenses were and what your what all of your costs were, your cost of goods sold, your expenses, your time, your own time, any contractors that you paid. So what's actually the bottom line at the end of the day?
0: Absolutely.
1: I think in so many of those
0: conversations people aren't being honest about the fact that maybe they had one really good month and they made a hundred thousand dollars or twenty thousand dollars whatever that magical number is for them um but the month after that they may have made zero or they may have made five thousand um and it is it's a little bit um disheartening like i had a person that you know sort of ran in my social circle who had her own business and was getting ready to launch a program where she would be teaching other people how to build their own side hustle. And so much of her promotion was around the fact that she had had a really good month and made like $150,000 of revenue in one month. What I knew was that she made that $150,000, it drained her, she was completely burnt out, And then she actually wasn't able to replicate it. And so her attempt to bring in the same kind of dollars were based on the fact that she did it once. And then now she would sell people on the dream of being able to do it themselves. I guess that brings me to something that I think sometimes you'll see people using their past experience, or maybe even testimonials from other students who've taken their programs as proof that this is possible and you can do it too, but you don't really know how authentic or genuine those testimonials are and if they're a testimonial from someone who really found long term success doing this thing or if it was a quick win. I think a lot of times you can go back and look at testimonials Mm -hmm. and look at those individuals in their businesses and if you look them up you'll find that they've actually moved on to something completely different and they're no longer even in the business that they claim to have started in this person's program that brought them financial freedom maybe they're not even doing that anymore because it wasn't something that was going to be sustainable
1: well i think that's a really good tip in terms of like okay so when you're because okay if a listener is out there like thinking about you know seeing all of these coaches advertisements on instagram or tiktok or facebook or whatever it is facebook seems like (laughs) more of so popular (laughs) um But it's really important that to your point, like to look to investigate. Okay, so who is this person that's advertising this? Right. Like what are their actual credentials? Because, yeah, like you said, like they could have had a good month, but then nothing after that. And also, you know, it's not like you're asking these coaches for their, you know, for their like audited tax returns. So you really don't know what the truth of the matter is.
0: And also there is no official tried and true Singular body of coaching credential,
1: right? Like there are a couple of businesses mm-hmm. that do. There's give, like ICF, yeah. For like you know, that's like life coaching. That's like that's not business coaching. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and
0: and there's nothing that's really I feel like properly regulated in that space mm-hmm. where someone will say, oh well, like I'm a coach and I'm credentialed and I'm, like I'm a business coach with credentials. It's like, oh. Uh, Most of that is going to be pretty subjective to like their life experience, what they've been able to accomplish. And as someone who's going to like invest money um, in a program, you really are responsible for like doing your own vetting and making sure that the things are
1: saying about their past accomplishments are accurate. Yeah. I completely think that's like a huge takeaway. Don't believe the flash. And I think that goes into the second thing that I commonly see around the perception of somebody's brand. I guess that's what you're saying. The perception Mm -hmm. of somebody's brand versus the reality, right? Because it's just like Instagram versus reality, but the same thing applied to, well, what is their reality versus what's the splashy, you know, pictures that they post of themselves in Bali <laughs> or and don't forget Paris Eiffel Tower <laughs> <laughs> or a rented studio. Uh, just here in L.A. I was looking at, you know, doing a photo shoot for my music stuff. And there's on pure space, a space that you can rent with a private jet and go take pictures <laughs> of yourself in a private jet. Yeah, <laughs> it's all likely fake or not likely fake. It's it's very commonly fake. Yeah,
0: I think a good portion of it can be fake. And people don't realize that it's a lot of times and very often encouraged. Like there was a woman, I won't say her name, but she has a very popular program that's around, you know, like, financial freedom and finding a way to like, you know, become a coach or create a product and start your own business and be really successful. And a part of what she sells and the benefit and reason that people would sign up for her program is because she has like four trips I think that you then are invited to join her on so you sign up for her program and then she's like okay like once a quarter there's going to be an international meeting of everyone who signed up for my program so then you have all of these people who just paid this woman a hell of a lot of money like lots of money so that they now have a reason to go to Paris and take a photo shoot or like, <laughs> go to Bali and have a photo shoot so then when you're on the outside of that and you don't know that this person joined this program you look at their social and you look at them saying that like they have found financial freedom and they're so successful and you're like well, they must be successful because there they are in front of, you know, the Louvre. And there they are in front of Big Bend. And there they are, like, traveling all around the world. <laughs> and there you are.
1: There we are in our studio apartment, like, eating ramen being like, well, that sounds great. <laughs> and, you know, and so
0: then you assume that, like, oh, yeah, there's totally something for me to learn or they must have it figured out. And it's like, girl, what they figured out was how to... Sp- Pay someone fifty thousand dollars to have an excuse to travel around the world. But also they paid
1: like, paid for their own travel on top of that. Oops, that's yeah. my dress falls off.
0: <laughs> this is not that kind of a podcast.
1: <laughs> yeah, the uh, uh, fans, no side hustle. <laughs> right well, actually, that's a, that's a great segue to, you know, we we came Ashley and I came up a, with a list of seven things that you should consider. Right when you're looking into do I start a h- side hustle or do I not, and what are the factors that I want to consider there? Um, you know what's important in my decision making process. So speaking of OnlyFans, <laughs> that was one of our that was one of our things to consider because, okay, I'll, I'll short story, um, in twenty early early teens, <laughs> I don't know the exact year, I you know was still running my government contracting business K four and but I was getting really into more of like self-discovery of like how I was relating in romantic relationships. Mm. And so I started working with a relationship coach and then it was helping me a lot, like getting really clear on some of my patterns and some of my triggers and blind spots and those kinds of things. And then this coach came out like at the end of our, at the end of our coaching, she was like, by the way, I have launched a certification program where I'm teaching a small handful of my students to become relationship coaches themselves. And I thought, well, that would be fun. And, you know, and she, of course, like pitched it hard with like, I felt it deeply that it's such a great need, like, okay, we all need to become more aware of these patterns and how we relate. Right. And so it would be like a good service that I would be providing to the world if I could really help people like that. And, you know, the way she pitched me the business model, it made sense. So I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. I'll sign up. So I signed up to like become a relationship coach. Now this is why I'm president of K4, this government <laughs> contracting company. Totally on the same page. And yeah, exactly. <laughs> the two identities just didn't really mesh. So we went through this, you know, the, the certification. And then after, you know, six months or however long it was, it was like time to launch my business. And I And, you know, it was like, well, I gotta put up a website, I guess, you know? And then it was and then she was she was really encouraging everyone in the program to put their website up as their own personal brand, their own personal name. And I'm like, no, like how I don't want my personal name, my personal brand associated with being a relationship coach. Like meanwhile, I'm over here running, you know, like TSA's public affairs center <laughs> and i'm like and relationship coach like it just didn't jive yeah and so it took me that long though the point of the story is i kind of sabotaged and so i stalled and procrastinated and sabotaged and sabotaged my own progress and like kind of you know felt feel now like that was that was a little bit of a wasted effort on my part assuming because you could have spent time doing something that you actually were going to launch and you know create a side hustle or create a business out of instead of you know going down a path around something that didn't align with your identity or your public identity, public brand at the time. So I think that's consideration number one. Like you gonna start an OnlyFans? Are you okay with having your name out there associated with that? Well, that's true. There's so much content out now. I keep seeing it and maybe this is just
0: the side of the algorithm that I've like landed on. Um, But I see so much content that's like, oh, like you can sell pictures of your feet. And then people are like, that would be amazing That's if so I could, easy. you know, just sell pictures not, of my yeah, feet. Not porn. Yeah. So what's wrong and with I'm like, yeah. I'm like, okay, but do you realize that you're then going to have to promote and market yourself as someone who's selling pictures of their feet? And even if you're For only real. selling pictures of your feet like people are going to want to know who the feet are attached to at at some point. And so there may be requests for pictures of your face and and to your, to your point, if you're just like, if you're not excited about it or it feels like something that you would have to hide or something that you would be embarrassed for people to know about, Mm -hmm. like it's
1: probably just not the right side hustle for you. Worth it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And like, Real quick, another point on that. Like, I realized that it's very tempting because, we you know, as I'm, like, building a personal brand right now as an artist, it's, like, everything is kind of an open door. Like, Instagram subscriptions and, you know, Patreon, all this. And I have, as a woman, putting myself out there, putting my public brand out there, like, you get creepy men following you. Mm-hmm. And, like, the a couple of these, I think, creepy men who are hopefully not listening to this podcast if they Um, are you're creepy and you should know that you're creepy (laughs) i have signed up for my Instagram subscription but I'm not offering anything on that and so I started thinking like oh well what should I offer and that would be really easy to like monetize that just by like doing something silly like some like oh you know shots from my photo shoot that I'm not releasing or something and then I was like literally it, it crossed my mind and then I was like Wait, no, like the energetic and here's the point, the energetic outlay of like catering to an audience like, for example, creepy men would just be such a drain and like not the energy that I want in my life. For you. For me. Oh, for me, right, and to each their own. Um, But, like, for me, I realize, like, that's not aligned with, like, the energetics that I want around me, right? Mm -hmm. So I think, yeah, I think that was my point with that.
0: Yeah, absolutely, which takes us to the second point, which is really understanding if the side hustle idea you have is long-term or short-term. Are you talking about potentially starting something that, 10, 20 years from now could still be going as a side hustle or potentially grow into a full-time business and still be beneficial to you? Or are you thinking of a side hustle as something that, you know, maybe it's good for six months, maybe it's good for a year, and then it's going to feel disposable or be something that you would be really tired of which makes me think of one of my cousins she's like in her early 20s and we were chatting the other day because she's like Ashley like everything is so expensive these days you know like she has a job but she's right out of college and she's like I feel like um I just need to have like something extra on the side and I was like okay like what are you thinking about doing and she was like well, you know, like I really like books. And so I'm thinking about maybe like reading audiobooks. And I was like, okay, that's a really good idea, could potentially be something that, you know, would help you bring in extra cash. But do you think six months from now, or like a year from now, you're going to want to spend 10, 12, however many hours it takes a week to record these books and make that cash? And she's like, oh, like, actually, maybe not. And I'm like, yeah, but if you wrote books and then put them up, you know, for sale on Amazon, okay, you're still in that same arena of, like, publishing and books, but now you're thinking about your side hustle in a way that, like, you write that book today, it could still be bringing in passive, mostly passive income for you in a decade without you having to do any extra work.
1: I love that. And I think the key there is, like... Does it have, does your idea have leverage? So is it solely tied to you trading your time for dollars or does it have leverage? Like what you said, you write that book once, you know, and then you stick it up there on a store and then it continues. If you have an audience and if you grow an audience and if you put some money toward marketing it and time toward marketing it, like it is something that could be an asset that continues to pay you over the long run. And you've only spent one portion of time working on it. Absolutely. And like, so I think there's a big difference between a side hustle, like being your, you know, local like dog walker or something like that, which is completely fine and legit or like driving Lyft or, you know, something like that, um, which is a side hustle that you're trading your own time for dollars for that time spent versus creating something with leverage which means it can continue to pay you for many months and years to come after you've done it once. Totally. And I used to not, I don't know, there was a,
0: a point in time where I would think about creating different things. I've had a million side hustles that have failed. That's why I can come here and give advice yeah, on like, and how to be, how to be more thoughtful about it. Um, but there was a point when I thought about creating like this specific digital product and, um, I'm like, oh, you know, but like I would create it and then I would have to like keep doing it and keep doing it and keep doing it for it to have any value. Fast forward to a couple of months ago, um, I decided to get back into like a really heavy meditation practice again because I used to meditate like daily and then I saw someone who told me that I shouldn't and so I stopped and I was like, I'm gonna get back to like my meditation. And the first thing that came to mind was this Oprah, Winfrey, Deepak Chopra, uh, meditation series like Twenty One Day that I
1: bought I think in like twenty twelve you know like I bought it so long ago yeah that was a long and, I remember when that came out that was a long time ago
0: yeah and I was like oh I wonder if I still have access to that because I just feel like that would be something familiar that would help me get back into the flow and so I totally was able to like go to my email you know and find it and pull it up and it's like it's definitely changed the branding has changed the platform has changed yeah. but it's but it's still there still there and still bringing value to so many people and so it's like thinking about your side hustle from that perspective as well
1: of like long term impact I think can be helpful. I love that and like specifically dialing into kind of what we were talking about earlier around um, you know being a coach and like coaches coaching you to start a business or to start a side hustle like I think a really common idea that's thrown out in that in those communities is like starting a um you know digital course basically teaching something that you're an expert in right or a lot of times it'll be like a membership where like you know people pay some nominal fee every month to be to get something from you to get something from your expertise in the community that you build right and so even with that it's like figuring out okay well one of them will take your ongoing time so it's not necessarily passive right you have to just like What I mean is for the membership, you have to show up however many times, you know, you've promised the people that you would show up, maybe weekly, maybe, you know, every other week, at least usually once a month and offer your time to them. Right. Um, Versus a digital course, maybe it's on an evergreen funnel, even better for the for the passive part of it is just totally passive. You're not actually showing up anymore once you create it once and stick it on an evergreen funnel. However, so that's passive versus active. But I think what we want to talk about next is, well, how do you actually make money? Like, fr- OK, so like that's a great idea. Like, sure, you could have a great idea for a digital product that might be passive and not take much of your time. But then like if it doesn't sell, it's not making you any money. <laughs> so yeah. now you've wasted you still- to promote it. <laughs> you started <still laughs> to promote it. And sort of like the difference between having a low priced product, digital course on an evergreen funnel, you need tons of people to buy that product. Like say that product is priced at. Two nine two hundred ninety nine $299 or $150 or $99. Like who knows what it is, right? Have you done the math and figured out how many people you'd need to buy that product, not just for month one, but every single month in order to make you an income that you would be happy about. Yeah. And what's the investment
0: of that to sort of keep that funnel going, keep the sales going, and then also to get started. Um, Because I, Back to misconceptions. Oh, like starting a side hustle is free or it's cheap, and like it's not going to take that much investment on the front end. Reality is that you're going to have to invest something. You're going to invest your own time figuring things out and potentially like failing and then making adjustments and failing and making adjustments and failing and making adjustments. And and making adjustments. If you're doing anything digital, probably going to have to invest in some form of software, like people that create courses or even sell, you know, like digital goods. Are you selling those digital goods on Etsy? Because there's a small cost associated with that. If you're selling an online course, are you putting it into a platform like Teachable? Again, there's a monthly cost associated Mm -hmm. with that. You can go the free route, but they've gotten real slick. And the free route's only going to get you so far in terms of feature and functionality that would make your course, like, good, you know? And so you really do have to think before you get started, do I have a budget? Do I have dollars? And also, realistically, how much time do I even have outside of the obligations that are already in my life, like work or volunteering or family, whatever that might look like for you, the extracurricular activities you like to do on a regular basis, are you going to be willing to shift some of those things around and focus on your side hustle for some amount of time, at least until you get it off the ground, and then if you have created something that's super passive, maybe you don't have to spend that much time on it, but if it's
1: not that passive, You're going to have to keep allocating that time to that side hustle. And generally it's a trade off. Like if you created something that's super passive, you're probably going to need a lot of money to put behind it, to market it to an audience that, so you get enough customers that make it worth your while. Right. And if you don't have a lot of money, then you got to put your time in and actually, so it's kind of like, it's a trade off. Like if you don't have a lot of money, you have to ask yourself, do you have the time? And if you don't have the time, do you have the money. But if you've got neither of those <laughs> things, like you genuinely have to figure out like why even start something and like and kind of get excited about it and worse, sign up for some coach's program who promises you these results, right? For then you to realize after 3 months down the road that, well, you don't really have the time and you don't really have the money and now you've actually spent more money on this program that did you no good and now you're like back to square zero. So, I think that we wanted to underline that that it's like money time, energy, other resources, are you doing a business plan? Like one of the things that I think is completely missing from this conversation on (laughs) Facebook, and these business coaches conversations is like, what is your business plan? Like, what are all of your upfront costs, startup costs? right? Mm -hmm. What is your pipeline of sales look like? How are you going to create that pipeline, i.e., how much money do you need to put behind ads? How much money do you need to put behind whatever you're doing? Are you going to conferences? Are you pitching yourselves on podcasts? Sometimes even pitching yourselves on podcasts now, by the way, like you have to pay $10,000 to be somebody's guest. (laughs) Okay. This is kind of an aside, but I find it fascinating.
0: I had a friend who had like, she had a very successful podcast. She had very impressive guest and people that you're like, oh my gosh, you know like this person's gonna be on there? That's amazing. And then I learned on the back end that she was actually paying a lot of those people <laughs> to be on her podcast mm-hmm. in terms of like buying their books. So oh, when they would have yeah. like a new book that was coming out yeah. when they're like trying to get New York Times bestseller, which I don't think um the Times allows us anymore. I think mm-hmm. they've like discontinued this practice, but they'd say, Hey yeah, like you want me to be on your podcast okay, cool. Like that's going to be 10,000 books that you have to purchase. And so then she would have all of these boxes of these people's books. But to that point being, people are like, oh, well, she started a podcast and that's going to be like a great source of income for her. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, actually, she's spending like a lot (laughs) of money, you know, like without having corporate sponsors or anything like that, just to get certain types of people on her podcast so that she could build a brand perception. And she was a person who was selling online courses, of course, to then sell her online course to someone who... Was looking for financial freedom and hoping that because
1: of the perception she had, she would be. That's just so sad, you know. Like, but I'm so glad you're bringing this up because I think we just want to under just underlines the point that there's a lot of fakery out there. Is that a word? Like there is a now. lot of fakery out there. Yeah, and we don't want you guys to like, you know, I don't know, get. Think, think that it, like, sounds so appealing and, like, fall for something that's not going to do you any good.
0: Yeah. And I think, too, it's, like, just being honest with yourself. Like, entrepreneurship yes. requires a certain level of just closeness with yourself and also ability to be really honest with yourself. Because there have been things that I've started... And then I realized, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. Like, like, okay, I've been at this for six months or I've been at this for a year and it's not going in the direction that I thought it was going to go in. I've sank, you know, 50000 $60,000 into trying Phew. to make this work. It's not working. It's going to completely like break my ego to have to backtrack and no longer have my identity associated with this or have my identity associated with this failing. But I have to be honest with myself that that's what I need to do right now. Even if it doesn't feel good and I'm worried about what other people will think, this, side hustle isn't hustling the way that it needs to. Like the side hustle hustled me. And so now I need to like remove myself, you know, from the scenario. And if you can't have those kinds of conversations with yourself, you're going to struggle.
1: Yeah. And I think I really love that you said that too, because that's the total, like, I think it's called like the sunk cost fallacy, right? Mm -hmm. Like we think that, okay, so in that situation you've sunk $50,000, $60,000 $50,000, $60,000 of your hard earned money that you've saved for years and years. I'm imagining like into something you think like, well, now I'm already in it. Like now I'm already in this deep. I got to keep going. Right. But actually what you're sharing there is like something that takes a lot of courage in terms of like getting, Real with yourself and saying, well, you know what? Like, yeah, I sunk this much money into it, but I don't want to do it anymore. And like, it's not going the way I wanted it to. And I, you know, it's not going to go the way that I want it to. So pulling the plug now is better than continuing, you know, along those lines because you're so afraid of the cost. You've already sunk into that. Absolutely. Which is a common mistake that a lot of us make. We refuse to quit when we (laughs) we refuse to quit and we just keep going on something that's not doing us any good.
0: Yeah, well, and I think the ego portion of that as well. And I've seen that a lot with, I don't know, like all the social media chatter. It's like, there's a program that's gonna give you financial freedom. And I know 15 people that have purchased it and it hasn't worked for a single one of them. And they all kind of feel like they, you know, got duped or they feel like, you know, the, the promise didn't live up to what the program actually was, but then no one talks about it because yeah. of their ego. Right. Because all of the content mm-hmm. and everything that you're seeing online says, well, this program absolutely works if mm-hmm. you do it the right way. And if you didn't find success, then like that's your fault or you did something wrong, oh, you know, really. or you didn't follow what you were supposed to follow. And the reality is that's actually – not the case a lot of times sometimes it was a bad program Mm -hmm. sometimes it just wasn't the program for those specific individuals or it wasn't aligned with what they were trying to accomplish Mm -hmm. and it's like there just has to be room I think to have those conversations openly and honestly love it if you're going to start a successful side hustle yes okay so should we wrap it up there yeah okay so if you had to summarize I guess, what to avoid in starting your own side hustle mm-hmm. in 30 seconds, what would you say?
1: So my summary of this episode is like a couple of things. One, you got to be really realistic about what you decide to do because we want to change the stat so that It's more than 2% of women who cross the seven-figure mark. And it's more than 10% of women who cross the six-figure mark. Like, that's a depressing statistic. And so, if you're going to start a business, like, the very first step or side hustle, side hustle is still a business, um, the very first step is to consider what kind of time do you have? What kind of money do you have? What kind of other resources do you have? And write a business plan and don't fall for all the flashy stuff on social media that might make it seem so easy. Okay. And if you were to sum it up in 30 seconds, what would it be?
0: I would say practice really strong discernment. Like don't be afraid to ask uncomfortable questions either to, the mentor that you're potentially thinking about working with, or to other people who maybe already have a side hustle going in that space. Like I think success in side hustling comes from having really raw, honest conversations, seeking those out, and not just being afraid to ask the real questions, have the hard talks about the reality Of what it's going to be to be in that side hustle. And then also just to really know yourself. Like if you know you're the type of person that doesn't stick to anything, take that into consideration. Mm -hmm. If you're the type of person who knows you get bored really easily, Mm -hmm. take all of those character traits and personality traits that you know about yourself and like bake that into the kind of side hustle that you're going to start so that it can be something that benefits you long term. Love it.
1: Awesome. Thank you guys for listening.
0: Hope it helped. All right. We'll talk to you next time. Bye.
1: Thank you so much for listening to today's show and we'll see you next time.